Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Today is the Pentecost Sunday, the day of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. In fact, the Church celebrates Pentecost all week, bringing the entire first half of the church year to a close on the coming Trinity Sunday. Tomorrow in America, as you very well know, is Memorial Day, a national holiday that has been celebrated for 155 years in honor of American soldiers who have died in the line of duty. When these two holidays coincide, as they do this year, it's good to reflect on what they have in common as well as their differences. What unites Pentecost and Memorial Day is something we can call a higher cause and a common good. There are situations in which the only conceivable and right choice is to give one's life, to give it up for something greater and more important, to die to save someone else's life or to ensure a better future for the country and the people. When we celebrate Pentecost, we, first of all, remember the apostles of Christ, the first Christians who were not afraid to give their lives so that the good news of the redemption and reconciliation brought by Jesus would reach as many people as possible, and they be saved from this untoward generation and inherit eternal life. We know that only one of the twelve apostles, Saint John, lived to an old age and died in peace. All the rest died as martyrs, except Judas Iscariot, who killed himself after betraying Jesus. What was it that gave the disciples of Jesus the strength and willingness to give their lives to the end, to die for their faith and their Lord? The answer is, they were willing to die for a higher cause and the common good, the good of all mankind, 
That is, the deliverance from the slavery of sin, death and evil to the freedom of the children of God. The disciples of Jesus were not capable of this by themselves. It was God himself who equipped and confirmed them for this, sending his Holy Ghost, who made them his temple and inspired, encouraged, enlightened and guided them from then on with his power. Before receiving the Holy Ghost, Jesus' disciples were behind closed doors in fear. After the Holy Ghost was poured out, they went out and did everything they could to save their neighbors. Their example was Jesus himself, the only begotten Son of God, who left his heavenly glory to become a man and give himself as a sacrifice for us. However, Jesus is not just an example. It's important to understand that the self-giving of the apostles and other Christians, as well as ours, has a meaning, value and effect only if it is based on Christ's sacrifice on the cross. It is not us who will save the world. It is God who has done it and continues to do so through his Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, and through the Holy Ghost. Here is perhaps the most important difference between Pentecost and Memorial Day. As we remember with gratitude those who have given their lives in the service of the United States Armed Forces and think of their personal sacrifice and self-giving, we know that for many it was just something unavoidable, something they hadn't chosen for themselves. They were drafted, they were sent to the front, and they died. However, it must be remembered that their deaths were not meaningless because they stood for a higher cause and a common good even without choosing it themselves. After all, we believe that wherever American soldiers fight, it is in the name of freedom and justice. And still, there are also many who have given their lives to save their comrades in arms, and sometimes even those they didn't know, but for, for whom they felt responsible, and it was their own choice. They were not forced to do it, but they knew that this is the right thing to do. Let us recall, for example, the story of a 29-year-old sergeant. His name was Dennis Weichel, who saved a little Afghan girl at the cost of his own death. Or the 31-year-old Staff Sergeant 
Travis Atkins, who saved the lives of his fellow soldiers in Iraq by stopping a suicide terrorist who unfortunately managed to detonate a bomb attached to his vest, killing himself and Staff Sergeant Atkins. They sacrificed their lives for the others. Every death is painful, especially for those for whom it is the death of someone close and dear. What do a wife and children feel? What does a mother or father feel when they receive the news that their husband, father or son, waiting for whose return they count the days, has been killed and will arrive home earlier than expected, but not alive. The disciples of Jesus, especially his mother, felt the same way when Jesus had to suffer and die. And when, a few days later, they saw him risen from the dead, I don't think we need wonder what it was that made them bear witness to Jesus without fearing their own death, because they now knew, especially after receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, that they have nothing to fear, because death and evil have been conquered. We don't have quite the same reason to rejoice when we remember those who fell on the battlefield. Although if they lived and died in faith in Christ, we need not doubt that Christ has also won eternal life for them. However, if we put aside the hope of eternal life for a moment, we can still say that the self-sacrifice for a higher cause and the common good is something so sublime and great that it fills us with gratitude and admiration, even in the midst of grief and sorrow. I remember a true story about an incident during the Second World War. When Germany attacked the Soviet Union, it initially achieved massive and rapid success. Among other things, many Red Army soldiers were captured by the Germans. Some of them were able to escape from captivity, but when they managed to cross the front line, they were not received with honors. They were arrested on the charge of treason because they had allowed themselves to be taken prisoner instead of dying on the battlefield. And they were sent to Siberian prison camps where they were treated in the most humiliating and cruel manner. A story I have heard tells of a major who decided to escape from a Stalin's death camp with some of his men. They succeeded, 
but not for long. They were soon caught and surrounded. This time, they did not surrender. They fought to the end. The major was also killed. The last entry in his diary was, at least we die free. St. Peter said at the end of his Pentecost sermon, save yourselves from this untoward or crooked generation. This generation, this fallen, godless world is crooked and evil and will always be crooked and evil. God has sent his Son to save us from this fallen and godless world. Christ died so that we could be free. However, the freedom for which Christ has freed us is not only something that awaits us in the still unimaginable future. It is something that God wants to give us already here and now through his Holy Ghost, who can and wants to make us completely new. The freedom that Christ has won for us is the same freedom that inspired those we remember on Memorial Day to sacrifice themselves for a higher cause, for a common good. This is the same freedom that gave the apostles of Christ the courage to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Christ at the cost of their own martyrdom. This is the freedom that allows us to live a full life as true human beings, already here in this fallen world, and once in the boundless joy and beatitude of the kingdom of heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.